What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. We got a very special guest in with us to start off the week, and I think he's pretty perfect guest overall for this show and for me because, one, he works for Yahoo!, which is where a lot of my content is focused on. For those of you who listen regularly, I usually reference their roster percentages, the trends on their site. So that's number one. And number two, he's also a fan of a couple of people and acts that I am also a fan of. So let's bring him on right now. Dalton Deldon, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me on. How's it going, man? I'm doing pretty well. I'm really excited for this. Like I said, uh, we got a lot in common. I think we're pretty simpatico without really knowing you. Uh, first, the Yahoo thing, the baseball sport thing, which is what the people are here for, but also the Larry David and the Radiohead aspect. That's like a perfect duo for me, two of my biggest idols there. Yeah, the only two things I reference in my Twitter profile, I used to also say Jimmy G back in the day, but he he's out of there. Yeah, Radiohead. Um Love up seeing them a few times live. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be there. There, it's Radiohead and then all the rest of music for me. And yeah, Larry David, I go back and forth. Is it Seinfeld or is it Curb? Which one's my favorite of all time? And I could, uh, yeah, like I said, I go back and forth on that. So yeah, huge Larry David guy and, uh, and Radiohead. Not exactly, uh, you know, those don't exactly match perfectly, but yes, I'm, yeah, pretty, pretty eclectic, uh, uh, interest myself. It's wide range of sports and I'm really watch way too much TV. Um, I always put out a in year year end of my favorite TV shows of that year list on Twitter, and uh, so yeah, yeah, I like I do watch the, way too much pop culture. I definitely watch too much TV, more so dramas, but it's hard not to be drawn into Larry. And I also go back and forth Seinfeld and Curb. I feel like Seinfeld is maybe a little more watchable just because they're a little more standalone. You know, you just throw on the random episode with Curb. You're usually dealing with like season long storylines, so it's kind of harder to just jump in right there. But Radiohead, mm-hmm. Radiohead for me. One of the one of my favorite bands. I don't know if I'd put them above, like, for me personally, like Led Zeppelin and Beatles, but they're like top five for sure. I was listening to a little bit of Kid A actually before we we started here, and it's been a while, but they are still uh, they're still great. I'm sure maybe not everybody's favorite. They're a little bit out there, and but they're they got pretty much something for everybody, rock and alternative. So if you haven't checked out Radiohead, I really recommend it. They're really one of the best. We are here though, of course, to talk about baseball and fantasy baseball. Dalton has been kind enough to enter back into the baseball void with us for today. You're more into football at this point, but you're still dealing with fab and setting your lineups and all the rest of it. So grateful that you're, uh, you know, dipping back into baseball for us today. Sure. Circle back real quick to Radiohead. Uh, Let me recommend the Benz because Kid A is not exactly accessible. So go all the way back to the Benz in the 90s. And it's your classic, like a rock album that uh, I think is pretty accessible. So I'd recommend that. And yeah, I told you backstage, I warned you, I'm in full on uh, football mode these days. Uh, uh, But uh, baseball, I'm still obviously paying close attention to. I got some some teams in contention. And uh, unfortunately, my SF Giants are falling out uh, of contention. But of course, happy to talk some uh, some pickups. It was big fab night on on Sunday night for the NFBC leagues that I play in a lot of. So uh, yeah, let's talk some uh, some free agent pickups. Where's there anybody you were really targeting? Probably I'm guessing like a Vaughn Grisham, but uh, anybody that you wanted and you ended up getting. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk Grissom. Uh, CJ Abrams is a guy. So I'm a very, very aggressive uh, fab spender. And in, in, in like I said, so I'm pretty much down to dollar players in, in basically all my leagues uh, these days. So I could just take the scraps and uh, and uh, see who, you know, I, I definitely, there's a popular, the top five popular pickups th- this time of year 
I don't even bother. I'm, maybe uh, uh, some of the twelve teamers, you know, make a keep a honest bids, but the the main events, you know, there I don't even don't even bother. So that's that's been my strategy. And sometimes, you know, some years it works better than others. Uh, Josh Lowe ended up wasting a ton this year, just horrible. But um, for the most part, I, I found that it's okay with the one dollar uh, picks in the final two months because. Uh, First of all, half your league is given up by then, so it, you'd be surprised at the available guys there. But but me personally, um, I, I was out on all the bigger names uh, this week because, like I said, not 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 too much fab available. Anybody of note that you picked up uh, worth mentioning? So yeah, well, we'll get to a few of the names you want to talk to here. But Aaron Ashby is the guy I, I absolutely love if he's available in your in your league. Uh, probably not say the main event, but 26% rostered in Yahoo leagues. I just don't understand that at all. People are just too into ERA, I guess, 108 strikeouts in 91 innings. Uh, I love CSW. It, it, it also factors in cold strikes, not just swinging strike percentage. And uh, he ranks fifth in baseball this year, sandwiched between Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, and Max Scherzer. I mean, I, I could see myself ranking Ashby as a top 20-ish fantasy starter next year and I'm not exaggerating like I, I really think he's a, a, you know could be around there it won't cost that much obviously but available in 75% of your leagues you know gettable for a dollar here and there and some I mean I don't really get there in Ashby market right now he's the glaring guy that should be rostered in every single competitive league right now yeah absolutely and we had some questions from Twitter and Mike Carter asked the question about starting pitchers that are on the waiver wire low rostered high strikeout upside uh, he's there probably he number one for me absolutely I think it's the lack of wins that scare people off. I think his record's two and ten, or maybe even two and eleven. Actually, uh, it just hasn't had a lot of support. The whip is a little bit high, so people people aren't really interested. But they should be absolutely. There's not really anybody with that kind of upside on the waiver wire, as far as as far as I can see it, anyway. Yeah, no, I I love Ashby, and yeah, um, yeah, and I expect a far better perform. Like the cosmetics, the the whip and stuff, will we'll go down moving forward. I think his schedule lately has been pretty difficult too. Man, wins are tricky, so frustrating. I'm in some some really uh, leagues with uh, high stakes leagues, and I'm uh, winning ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Uh, not I say that because I attack pitchers. Really, don't get me wrong. Um, that's on purpose, but. The win category, I have like a four or five, you know, at 15 points available. And it's just, it's infuriating. And it's not something you can just throw your hands up and say it's all luck. I mean, you think the Brewers, you know, a competitive team that maybe that is more of the bad luck, but, but man, it's not, not a coincidence. The Gonsolins of the world are winning all those games pitching for the Dodgers. Are you someone who's more of a quality start guy or more of a, a purist with the win? Or even something else you prefer, maybe. No, I'm a purist. With the the win is fine. Uh, I'm I'm good with that. And one thing I'll say about this is, even though saves are infuriating, I do not like the adding the the holds to the saves category because that just makes it completely used. No one even pays attention. They're all dollar players in or, or last round picks. It doesn't doesn't matter uh, whatsoever. Kind of like uh yeah, I, I think the IDP is kind of same in fantasy football. But so um I, I don't really I think the classic five by five I'm 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 fine with. I play in some OBP leagues, but I think old school uh I think old school is 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 the way to go. But man, wins are certainly not the fairest of the 10 categories. I'll tell you that much. No, they're definitely, I don't know. It doesn't really reflect sometimes the talent of your roster. And Ashby is a great example like that. You mentioned uh, OBP leagues, and that might be a good little transfer here to the next guy I want to mention. Stephen Kwan, uh, he's really been a roller coaster this season. At the beginning of the year, he was a very hot pickup, and then he was dropped pretty much universally. And now he's back up, uh, pushing, I think, 60-ish percentage in Yahoo. Is he someone you have some faith in? Can he keep up these steals? Or is this more of a, you know, if you need a batting average push kind of thing? 
Yeah, he should be rostered in all leagues. He's hitting 395 at the end of April. Then he went in that big slump, as you said. But post All Star break, bat, back batting 347 steals. No, not many, no, no power here. But he has more walks than strikeouts on the season. And um, you know, the league batting average is still the lowest in MLB history at 243 this season. So a guy with batting average, yeah, ab- absolutely, very, very helpful for your fantasy team. Also add in the bags as well. So, so sure, Quan. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's probably I don't I don't play in the NFBC. Uh, people who listen here know that I just more focus Yahoo, ESPN. Is he someone who's already scooped up in all the NFBC leagues mostly, Quan? Yeah, Quan is is Quan is yes, but uh, he's probably available. I haven't looked at the Yahoo percentage, but um, I'm sure he's definitely out there in some because he was in a he was definitely a two month slump there. So so he absolutely might be available. People not paying close attention, but he should be rostered in competitive ones for right now. Yeah, he's at 64% right now. He should still be available, maybe not everywhere, but it, certainly in some places. Uh, another guy I think who's kind of in a similar frame uh, production-wise is Nico Horner. I see when I sent you the list, I said Nick Horner. I kind of anglicized his name for him, but he's kind of the same read there, you know, high batting average, decent steals, uh, some home runs. Is he someone you're targeting maybe as much as Quan, uh, not so much? What, what would you say about him? Similar to Quan, yeah, roster, I should be rostered in all competitive leagues. I'm frustrated because I had him a lot of teams last year and zero this year. I mean, I could see it, this happening. I mean, former first round pick. Now he's a primary shortstop for the Cubs. Uh, zero homers in 2019 and 2020. I know not a lot of ton of at bats. So maybe you didn't see the seven homers coming, but he has good speed. Although I believe the 12 steals is already more than he's ever had in any season in the minors. But again, good speed and batting average, similar to Quan. Like I said, the league is hitting the lowest it ever has in baseball, the collectively batting average. So these guys who can hit 300, I mean, very, very helpful to your fantasy teams. Yeah, I don't know what exactly, uh, how sustainable it is, like even for next season. Is he going to be someone who's drafted, you think, uh, fairly high? Or are people going to just kind of write this season off as a bit of an outlier? Yeah, I guess people are still skeptical. And, and again, the power is probably not going to, uh, you know, he's probably going to tail off a little here. But uh, yeah, interesting. I, yeah, I'm curious. That's that's how I will treat him next year, just basically how the market does. If they are overlook this uh, second half or if they're treating him like he's going to, you know, build on it moving forward. I, uh, very, very curious because he's he's a former um, former early pick, too, former first round pick. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the market does treat Horner ne- next year. If you could only take right now one of Horner or, or Stephen Kwan on your wire, who would you choose? Ooh, I will go Kwan. That's a good question, though. More walks and Ks, you got to like that. And uh, yeah, I will go Kwan. But yeah. um, I think he's hitting leadoff, too. So lean toward him. Yeah, I think I agree there. The only place where Horner really would probably have him is, is the home runs. And that's a complete wild card, really. Uh, let's go to Horner's teammate here, Rowan Wick. We're doing a bit of a quick fire. Rowan Wick, who is bad, who has had, uh, I think, three consecutive save opportunities and converted all of them. There's not really many sources of saves on the wire. Is he probably the best widely available closer for you still, or is there somebody else you might have in mind? Quick fire is my style. I like it, uh, Joe. Um, yeah, Wick is that you have to add him in competitive leagues because of the saves category. I mean, he looks like he's the clear Cubs closer despite a 1.65 ERA. Um, but there's some warning signs here. 3.94 ERA has comes with a 4.8 expected ERA, almost a full run more. So buyer beware here. This could be a disaster. But then again, you know, pitching in the closing role, coming on with no base runners on and getting three outs, uh, mediocre pitchers can can succeed for six weeks all the time. So uh, if you need saves, absolutely add Wick, but realize blow up uh, potential. Is there anybody else that you can think of who you might want to add ahead of him if you're looking for saves? 
Yes, Alexis Diaz, uh, Alexis Edwin's Diaz. brother. Edwin's brother. It looks like he's the new Reds closer. 60 Ks and 44 innings. Now, he's not quite as good as his 1.8 ERA and 0.95 whip shows. But, yeah, I mean, a good source of Ks, uh, just 24% owned in uh, rostered in, in Yahoo. And, yeah, he looks to be the guy in a another shaky you know, it's not like Cincinnati has a lot of uh, competition there either, like the Cubs. So I would actually add Diaz in, before I would add Wick. Yeah, I think I'd agree there. I actually didn't realize that he was his brother, but that's pretty solid lineage right now anyway. What do you think of all the Diaz stuff uh, with the horn entrance? And do you, are you a fan of that kind of flair, or do you, would you rather the guy just go in with his head down and do his job? Yeah, the most, the highest stakes league I've ever entered this year in the D.C., I took Edwin Diaz at the 2-3 turn. Uh, actually. So he's been one of my favorite players this year. I think it's the best intro in the history of sports. I love the trumpets. It's the sickest thing. And if you've watched recently, they've shown some good black and white footage, even entering all the way from the bullpen. Yeah, I'm into it. He's one of my favorite players this year. And by the way, I, I went back to back closers and my other closer there, Raciel Iglesias. I did not foresee losing the saves category the final two weeks. And this is like like battling for a 40K first place finish, like very super important. And I lost Iglesias there absolute killer just so frustrated and i backed him up with tapera who didn't even come in and get the final you know the first two save opportunities there not that the angels ever produce any but sorry i went off on a tangent there love edwin diaz he's in my most important baseball team this year so i'm um, yeah and i love the trumpets even if i didn't that's just a, such a sick entrance i think it's yeah i mean frank there with inter sandman of all time yeah absolutely no i'm good on rants tangents if you want to go off and talk for there's some minutes. Cy Young talk with him, by the way, and I've heard some good, some sharp people, some professional betters saying, you know, if um, Alcantara has a couple bad starts here, uh, maybe he doesn't deserve it if you analytically base, but I mean, voters, absolutely. The Mets, you know, uh, Diaz is a kind of a dark horse if you can get decent long odds on a, on a possible Cy Young bet. Well, playing in New York always helps versus yep. a market like the Marlins. I've talked about this ad nauseum, it feels like, that Alcantara needs to go deep into games in order to have value fantasy-wise, really, because of strikeouts. Now, he's built up enough good faith, I think, over the course of the season where he's guaranteed at this point a top three finish, unless there's like oh, yeah. something something terrible that happens. But I just don't know why the Marlins, they did this last year in September. They put him out there for eight innings, seven, eight innings, and keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and just kind of putting mileage on him when... They're not playing for anything. I don't know why they would do that again this season. Do you think that they might, you know, limit him a little bit down the stretch, maybe head-to-head playoff time? Yeah, I could also see the Marlins caring about him winning that award and just letting him go. But he's such a horse. Yeah, I don't. I could see that going either way. But man, he beat he beat my uh, projections. I'll tell you that much. He continues to beat my projections. I I've been fading him, and and he's just uh yeah he's just is is he's pitched far better than I expected. Uh man, I didn't see this coming again. He's a uh, he's not quite. I said I like the CSW. He's a uh, very mediocre in that stat, un- un- unlike um, uh, Ashby. But but it hasn't mattered to him. He's pitched like he's going to win the Cy Young this year. So I do want to just take a quick look at what the NL Cy Young odds are. You got me curious. Alcantara minus two seventy five, and then the next closest is Burns plus seven fifty. Max Freed is third mm. uh, plus sixteen hundred. But Edwin Diaz plus four thousand. You put a couple of bucks there. You think you think uh, it might be worth it? That's what I'm saying. Not, yeah, I could, at th- those long odds, yes, like, I, there are worse bets out there, yeah. Yeah, all it takes is really a couple bucks at that point, five, ten bucks, and a nice little payday. I don't know how Max Freed is third there. That feels kind of weird. I don't know. A L- little bit high, perhaps. I don't know. Who knows with Jacob DeGrom? He might win the Cy Young if he keeps this up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, Jesus, man, like, all the talk of is it going to be worth it to hold on? Did you try and trade him? And it was worth it to hold on. I think it's safe. He can never stay healthy a whole season, man. Let's. I'd love to see it. 
And you're seeing the opposite ends of the spectrum here. DeGrom, and just to go off for a second here, DeGrom and Fernando Tatis, both guys who, you know, if you drafted late, they were kind of stash and hope for the best kind of things. And they went completely opposite directions here recently. Just quickly, what, what do you think about the whole Tatis thing? Yeah, yeah, I just didn't see it coming. It's surprising. Um, yeah, and it's going to cost him what next next year, how a couple of months too. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, could be fantasy's number one player, and we can't see him on the field, so it's frustrating. Is just a baseball fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it might be like a legacy killer a little bit for him, depending on you know, because there was all this talk about the the thing that they said he was taking. They you know there was a similarly titled yeah. medication that was what they were actually trying to to put it off on and they kind of use the wrong excuse. I think this is from what I've gathered over Twitter. So they kind of like put, put their foot in their mouth a little bit and said the wrong thing. So I yeah, hope even that... the teammates are speaking out too. Like he must show yeah. zero contrition. I mean, he must be showing zero remorse because yeah, even teammates are coming out. So yeah, that's definitely raised my eyebrows. Kind of surprised to see that. Yeah. And Prowler, I think too said yes, something yes. about being disappointed yeah. with him. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, bittersweet, I guess, last couple of weeks for uh, for Padres fans at this point. I mean, bitter with, I mean, Josh Hader, the way he's looked and, and this Tatis news. But, I mean, they have they have Juan Soto now playing. Yeah, I was going to say, so. the Giants fan, I'm not going to feel too sorry for the Padres grabbing yeah, Juan Soto for, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be fine. <laughs> they'll live. They'll definitely live. Uh, let's maybe go over a couple of other names who were popular last night uh, in Fab. Joey Gallo was someone that you saw going up a lot. Now, I thought that he needed a change of scenery. He just couldn't deal with New York. Maybe he just wanted to grow a beard again. What do you think about Joey Gallo here? Do you think he's he's worth uh, picking up, throwing some money down on in Fab? Yeah, I mean, night, so 19 at bats. He has a 995 OPS with the Dodgers, but 10 Ks. So the batting average is always going to be the biggest risk among every hitter in baseball. But this this might be one of those things. Get him outside of New York. He's openly admitted, you know, just the, the getting harassed there bothered him. I mean, it affected his performance. So normally I'm not into that type of stuff, but I think this is a case where he could just suddenly uh, change locker rooms and him go off on a big, big power binge. So serious power upside. If you need some homers, RBI, go ahead and grab grab Gallo and just realize that obviously the batting average is a risk. But yeah, this is one of those change of situations that actually might 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 affect performance. Yeah, I think in a daily changes league, it makes sense to move on. If you're setting your lineups weekly, I don't know that he's going to play every single day. I think they've been playing totally, him yeah. uh, platoon-wise. Yeah. So uh, probably more of a daily changes guy, but he could he could have a lot of value. I think that the New York media, you saw, I don't know if you saw it, but that, that piece that was put out around the trade deadline about how he didn't go outside his house anymore and he just tried yeah. to avoid going. It was, it was pretty sad. And, you know, he's always struck out a lot that's not going to change but there's no reason why he gets his confidence back he can't go on a little bit of a power streak here hit maybe even 10 home runs eight home runs down the stretch here i think that's completely within the realm of possibility yeah absolutely uh, again 10 k's in the night 19 at bat still that's always going to be a big issue with him but at, but man yeah the power this guy basically back-to-back 40 homer seasons his first two years on the bigs i mean yeah power is it's definitely uh one of one of the most potential power hitters in, in the entire league he, he's going to strike out 35% of the time and you just got to take that. If you're in a league where you got like points league with negatives for strikeouts, it's, it's going to be kind of murder to hold them on. There. And conversely though, the, the, the on base, if you're in an on base league, I know you haven't seen it this year. Yeah. Um, he, it, he could take a walk in the past and absolutely it was, it would negate the, the batting. Not only was he not a negative for batting average, he was like a plus uh, on base guy. So at least in the past, it's possibly goes back to being a real big help in those formats too. Is he the like the poster boy of the three true outcomes? You think is that him? He is absolutely right now. He is definitely yeah. This this generation's Adam Dunn. Oh my god, I really liked Adam Dunn. I think he had like four yeah. or five straight 
40 home run seasons there. He was, he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he was. Uh, who else have we not touched on here? Um, we touched on Grissom a little bit, I think, uh, briefly, but uh, I don't think we really got into him. Is he someone, uh, you think he's going to be like Michael Harris here? Is he going to have that kind of level production, you think? Harris, I'm so frustrated. I dropped him in a league or two that was, he just didn't have the greatest first like week and I was impatient. He's just been amazing. Um, Grissom's the type of guy you should just add now and see what happens with these rookies. They could go either way, but believe he's the Braves top prospect, according to MLB pipeline, uh, real good numbers in the minors this year, 14 homers, 27 bags, 324 batting average across a couple leagues. So yeah, I think he's going to play every day until Ozzy Albies returns from the IL. Uh, just 21 years old. So again, who knows, but, and he'll be hitting in the bottom of Atlanta's lineup. But yeah, if you need middle infield help, um, you never know what these rookies could, could be a, a lot of, a lot of production over the next few weeks. I haven't actually heard recently on the timeline of Albies. I think, um, the last update I heard wasn't the greatest, but I, I'm not sure. Is he, is he expected to come back with time left in the fantasy season here? You think? I think last year, end of August, but that was like the, the earliest of the 60 day IL, you know, when he can come off. I'm not sure when exactly. So yeah, that's a complete unknown. Yeah. There's not really been too much, uh, recently here anyway. So yeah, Grissom, he's shot up. If you're talking about, uh, even just Yahoo leagues here, he was obviously like 0% rostered last week. He's up to 52. Yeah. And Yahoo, <clears throat> every kind of format, you can be a little bit slow on these prospects. I mean, the only ones who really got you know, rostered everywhere when they were called up were Rutschman and O'Neill Cruz. From what I remember, everybody else was kind of, you know, take your time on the Michael Harris and some of these pitchers we've seen. But people, I think, are expecting Grissom. They know something the same kind of category there as Harris, and they're expecting great things. And he's been, you know, seven for 18, two homers and a steal. Uh, he's, I think, gained out or sorry, second base eligibility now on Yahoo. Yeah. So he came up, he only had shortstop, and now he's got second base. So even more valuable there because second base is just such a such a crapshoot. And uh, what, and similarly, yes. I'd say C.J. Abrams fits right there too. Another guy, number six overall, former pick, centerpiece of the Juan Soto trade. Re, re, he's been recalled because Luis Garcia on the IL again, a young guy who uh, uh, middle infielder, power speed combo possibility there. If you're, he's out there in a lot of leagues too. But now that he's recalled, he'll, he'll he's gonna gonna get snatched up. Yeah, Abrams, I'm not sure what it was with the Padres. Some people had mentioned that they were kind of maybe limiting speed, uh, limiting the steals. Mm. In the minors, he was always a guy who was, you know, 10, 15 steals, and it was only over sample sizes of 30, 40 games. So you figure he can be in the majors a 30-ish steal guy. I think he had one steal over 47, 48 games. Uh, and we kind of saw it with Asiri uh, Ruiz there for the brief time where he was playing I, th- I hope that that's something that the Nationals will just say, you know, be you, go ahead, run. There's no, you know, we're not doing much this year other than developing. So I do hope that we see really? uh, some running there out of Abrams. Uh, his teammate as well, Luke Voigt, uh, he's been kind of, I don't know, I was big on him heading into the season thinking he could maybe recreate 2020. He fell off a little bit. Uh, he's kind of been hit or miss. Recently, uh, over the last month or so, he's been pretty good. Are you someone who's big on Luke Voigt? Are you in on him? So his K percentage is in the bottom 2% of the league, expected batting average 222. Uh, but the move to Washington is a better park, and now he's kind of locked in their apparently their third spot in the lineup too. So if you need homers, you need RBI, grab him. Realize it's going to take a hit in your batting average. But but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly a, a guy out there with his uh, homer RBI potentials. Not bad this time of year. Yeah, he's. I mean, he wasn't batting like ninth or anything in San Diego, but it was usually 
you know, five to seven ish, maybe even eight sometimes. And now he's batting second, third, not, not a great lineup, a pretty, pretty empty lineup, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah. Most- I, man, I might really pay, I, Nelson Cruz, I gambled on a lot, a lot of, a thir- lot of 13 round picks I spent on him. And he was the year he's one. I'm usually in fantasy year two. I'd rather be a year too early than a year too late. And I was a year too late on, on him. That was a, a really a mistake on a lot of my rosters. I think, I mean, last season he started off very well. And then once he was traded to Tampa, he kind of fell off a little bit there. I also drafted him in a few places. I attributed it to Tropicana, man. I, I attributed it to mm. Tropicana and I thought it'd be just fine. I, and, and a lot of those times it was like, there was rumors, maybe even he'd end up in Colorado, you know, and, but, um, I hit behind Juan Soto. I didn't hate, but ultimately it was, it was a disaster because I'd remained patient with him and a lot of, a lot of utility spots just locked up in just horrible production. I don't even really know, like, what he's doing recently um, yeah it's not great not, and, not and, and and in other leagues i didn't get him i was i was okay grabbing utility because i was really high on fran mil reyes who's been an even bigger disaster because he was three rounds earlier i mean ugh. so yeah locking up the utility spot did not go well for me in fantasy baseball drafts this year i think the craziest thing about nelson cruz is this season he has eight home runs and four stolen bases yeah, steals. yeah i know it's, it's crazy yeah uh, you mentioned Fran Mel Reyes. Maybe just uh, quickly, are you interested in him uh, now in his new role with the Cubs? Totally. If they give him you know, regular playing time, who knows? I mean, I, was, I really thought this guy could provide like top 30 fantasy hitter value. I, I thought he was that capable, but boy, that looks stupid now. He was dropped in most rosters and he's just been a total bust. Uh, you know, looks up there flailing, just looks like a disaster. And uh, I believe it's off speed pitches. Um, but that said, we, I, we're all a lot of smart leagues were bullish on him for a reason a few months ago. So, yeah, absolutely. I'd pick him up. He's now getting in a new, a new organization and, and, and regular playing time. And they were bad in him. I mean, in the few games he's been there, fifth, third, fifth, fourth, fifth, uh, middle of the lineup. It's not the greatest lineup, but, you know, regular playing time. He's shown uh, even last season, uh, a lot of people kind of gave up on him fairly early on. Uh, maybe not in more competitive leagues, but I don't know in my home league, he was dropped pretty early last season. And then someone else picked him up. He ended up hitting 30 home runs, 85. JD RBIs. Martinez for, then he's JD Martinez for four months. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's that capable of being, being that hitter. So yeah, I would definitely be adding him anywhere he's out there, but it's been a very frustrating, uh, season in which many expected him. I think he showed up in quote unquote best shape and like it looked like he was going to, going to be the best season of his career. And instead we got one of the worst. Very frustrating. I think, I mean, you're doing a lot of football right now. You know what kind of stuff they say in, in the preseason you hear about from camp. This guy's five pounds overweight or whatever. And people put a lot of stock into the stuff you hear in the preseason. And how often does that end up actually being something that pays off, you think? I mean, even in football, when, when you hear in training camp, so-and-so is expected to have fewer touches or he's overweight. Does that end up usually being true or is it something you should it's usually just, ignore? It's- it's all ba- case by case basis. Sometimes it is. Oh, he did take it seriously in that contract year and he did work out and that did pay off in a, in an awesome season. Or oftentimes it's, uh, oh, that was just noise or, or some, he suffered an injury and we'll never know. So yeah, it's just case by case basis. And it's a, it's a skill you try to learn throughout the years of which, which coaches to, to take more, you know, weight and, and which ones to, to totally disregard. <laughs> Do you play? I'm, I'm just curious. Do you play in any of the leagues that like, uh, I know a couple of people, Justin Mason was telling me recently, he does like a three sport, uh, baseball, basketball, football league. Are you in any of those? I am in a league called, it's called the league of leagues. Um, it's with a bunch of different people in the industry. Even the Miz, the wrestler is in this and it's baseball, football, basketball, three sports. It's been about 10 years now and it's super fun. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. We used to get together in person in Las Vegas and do the draft over a couple of days, but everyone's lives got too busy. But, um, 
uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's super fun. Yeah. Drafting, you know, uh, drafting against cousin Sal and choosing between cross sports is like, it's like, it's, it's a nerd's dream. So yeah, I absolutely recommend that if anyone's into fantasy sports, try a, try a, a cross sport challenge. That's crazy. I don't do any sites actually put those on or you have to kind of no, just work it out yourself. A, yeah. You got to work it out yourself and just use them all, all separately that it, yeah, no, that to any developer out there, we've been looking for one for 10 years. <laughs> Surprise fan tracks or somebody hasn't got on that. They've got a lot of customizations and stuff. You figured that maybe they would have done something by now, but uh, is it redraft or, or dynasty league? So they are, they have like six keepers, but it's mo- mostly redraft, but it's like 50 rounds because of so many things. So you do get rewarded though with a handful of keepers, which I like a, a nice little mix mixture there, uh, both there. So That's yeah, cool. no, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. For sure. That's something I'm, I'm trying to get into is one of those three sport, maybe even throw hockey in there, make it a four sport league. Uh, if somebody's feeling ambitious enough. Definitely. Uh, another guy I was kind of, I don't know, he's been kind of not so great recently, but he picked it up over the last month or so is Colton Wong. Uh, and I just had a weak second base position. Is he somebody that you have added or looking to add or not so interested? Maybe what what do you think about him? Yeah, he should be rostered in, in almost all leagues. Uh, 958 OPS since the all-star break. Um, I was looking it up uh, before we started recording. Crazy splits this year. 374 OPS versus lefties. And all 19 of his homers and steals have come against righties. So more valuable if you're in these daily formats like Yahoo, where you can move them in and out of your lineup based on matchups. But yeah, middle infielder on pace to go like, you know, 1220 should be rostered in, in all formats. Yeah, over the last month, batting 324. Um, yeah, great. Uh, I, I don't know, second base, really. I mean, Jonathan India is injured again now. Oh. They're always looking for for some kind of replacement there. And I mean, Grissom's probably the best bet if you're, if you're just looking to to replace India there, or even just you know give your lineup a bit of a boost, but I think Colton Wong maybe a little more under the radar. He's just pretty consistent, you know. He'll just give you a bit of a boost in all the categories: decent average, decent runs scored, RBIs not not so much, but pretty pretty much everywhere else uh, he's giving you a little bit of a boost there. Uh, is there anybody else that we've missed or that you maybe uh, noticed last night that uh, is of interest to you? But a lot of people have been adding. Uh, anyone you want to throw out there? I uh, believe we did get a question about Domingo Herman, who I would I could see going either way there, depending on format. You don't love the lack of Ks he's shown so far, but he actually had underrated peripherals the last couple of seasons. And we talked about wins, and he's going to get a ton of run support uh, pitching for the Yankees. So I think if you need some some added starting pitcher depth, um, he won't kill your team and, and help you with the wins category. So I, I don't hate adding Herman either. The Yankees puzzled me, man. I figured when they traded Jordan Montgomery, they must have had, you know, a, a good bit of faith in Herman because he'd been pretty shaky. If you look at his track record over the years, it's not, it's not exactly stellar. He's shown promise, but he hasn't had all the greatest uh, track record at the big league level. I figured that they saw something there because Montgomery's not the greatest, but it's kind of weird. I know they added Montes, but I don't know why they would subtract pitching depth at this point in the season. You figure the more the merrier. So, I, I would agree there. He's had a good few starts in a row. I think that Herman should be added in, in most leagues at this point. That's good. It's a good call. They added Severino to the, you know, he against his wishes, a 60 day IL. So, so he's not coming back anytime soon. So yeah, it's a uh, interesting what's happening there in the closer situation. Clay Sherlock Holmes is apparently not going to be, it looks like, would you rather Chapman now, right? The final six weeks. I mean, that's a total roller coaster there. Um, Chapman's burned me in a few spots, a main event. Uh, do you know, I took a roll this chap, funny story, Scott Jenstead. I took a roll this Chapman one pick before he took Aaron Judge in a main event in, in Las Vegas, uh, in person. I'm beginning to think that might have been the, the, a mistake. I'm beginning to think that might have been the wrong, wrong, wrong draft choice there. So, yeah. So, but hey, Chapman maybe get some saves here these final six weeks. Uh, yeah. 
is Genstad first in the in the main event right now? He's top a couple, right? He's up, yeah, he's up there, I believe. But he's uh, yeah, he's doing well. Great, great fantasy player. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that one hurt. That that's a memorable one. You know, you look back at what what pick worst pick of the of the of the season, and I got one that's glaringly obvious. <laughs> I can point to. Speaking of, we didn't talk about this before, but speaking of, of good fantasy players, uh, Phil Dassault, he talked about how he dropped. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter this morning that he dropped uh, Josh Hader. I think it was in a main event. Is that something that uh, maybe I should double check this? <laughs> no, he's been he's been aggressive dropping Degrom when everyone thought it was crazy last year, and even Walker Bueller, and he's been right on those. But that is a curious one. He must be just dominant in the saves category, and it will create a lot of fab spent but that's that's an interesting one for sure hater hater man i was i was i have a lot of hater and he's obviously his era is not not lived up to where he his draft costs but um that is really curious I'm, uh, that's interesting that's 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 a bold move by phil but who are we to question the robot he uh he dropped him for jp sears on the main event team wow i did not see that that's yeah that's interesting that's eye-opening yeah for sure that's, that's ballsy yeah i think uh sure. you got to be pretty ahead on saves josh Hader, like if you look at the first half of the season you're thinking he might finish in the top in the first round of value yeah. there, top 12 somewhere yeah. and mm-hmm. it was that one week and then everything changed <laughs> and then yeah i know and is he wow. are you uh is that like kind of it for you with josh Hader? you think is he next year you think he'll rebound or is this kind of like a slippery slope you think it's a great question. I'm going to need to really reevaluate how to attack saves. I'm sure everyone is going to, but, um, no, I think Hater's going to go back to being a dominant. A couple blow up outings against the Giants. He's, he's fine. Uh, I think he'll be totally rack up saves on the Padres. Frankly, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, I'd love for his ADP to go lower, frankly. No, I'm, I'm still a hater guy. Um, but man, it's going to be interesting to see where saves go, go in these, uh, higher stakes, especially like the, you know, the draft champions, the draft and holds, you know, you can't add any on the waiver wire. So they get pushed up. And um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. It's such a volatile category. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. Like saves, I feel like a lot of them have come off the waiver wire this season. I feel like those high guys you drafted. I mean, Hater still provided. And, I think Hendrix. thirty saves. Hendricks has gotten better. He started off very rough, but I mean, a couple of guys who have been like pretty consistent for me: Jordan Romano. Uh, Ryan Presley's been pretty consistent, but other than like, I mean, Edwin Diaz as well, of course, but other than those guys, if you reached for a closer, you probably didn't do very well. If you just, you know, picked up someone like even early in the season or drafted late, maybe like a Daniel Bard, who was not really on anybody's radar as a high draft pick. He's been very serviceable. Uh, Ryan Helsley is someone you could have picked up throughout the season. Like there's been a lot yeah, of Gallegos, value. Yeah. Gallegos was going, you know, round six, seven. And, and, and Leslie, yeah, he lost his job. Raziel Iglesias is now setting up in Atlanta. I mean, yeah, that's a very, very frustrating. One thing I'm happy about, I, I will, uh, the, of my draft picks this year was Camilo Duvall, who's now in, introduced this splitter too. Um, so it has movement and it's more than 100 miles an hour. And, um, with the Giants not racking up many save opportunities, I hope his ADP remains, uh, modest next year because he's filthy and he's going to be one of the most dominant closers over the next few years, in my estimation. I, I don't know so much about him, but, uh, I'll take your word for it there. I don't watch so much, uh, West Coast stuff being an East Coast guy right. here. Those games, yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I try and stay up, but, and when it hits like one o'clock and I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm going to get up. Nah, it's if, it, if there's a great marquee matchup, then I'll try my best. But uh, I wish that they would start him a little bit earlier out there. I personally. get why there's an East Coast bias. I think about that. I'm like, this game's not even starting until 1030 on, on their time. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, total, totally different sports watching uh, experiences living on, on different coasts. 
Yeah, you I mean, watch- ima- imagine watching the having to wait till one p.m. to watch the NFL. I mean, to me, that's just wild on on Sundays. But, yeah. That's standard. Yeah, one 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 p.m., uh, four p.m., and then you get the the night games. Usually, you know, Monday night football, eight thirty ish. So it's like what five thirty for you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys don't go from sports right into your bed. Usually, I crawl in from the couch to to the bed after watching sports. You guys have a bit of wind down time there. Uh, afterwards which is well don't tell anyone but Duval, Duval's don't hopefully no one else is watching too because uh he, he's going to be filthy moving forward these east coast guys like myself might just miss out on him thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on here man i really appreciate it no, thanks for having me joe thank you man appreciate having me joe Th- i mean thanks for having me joe <laughs> no 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 i don't worries at all i know you're doing mostly football stuff i want to give you a chance though just to let everybody know what exactly you have going on with Yahoo and whatever else uh, you want to just get out there to the people. Yeah, I do know a couple of appearances, weekly podcasts, Yahoo Fantasy football forecasts. And um, I did an ADP versus my rank series. I uh, went over running each position in fantasy football. Big discrepancies when my ranks differ from the uh, the consensus. But just follow me on Twitter at Dalton Dildon, and I just link to all my, my articles that way. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, Joe. No, no problem, man. I focus, like I said, off the top. Most of what I focus on is Yahoo, the odd little ESPN thing, but uh, I've played Yahoo. That's what I wanted to make my content on. So great to have someone who, who works with the company on. We'll get you on again at some point, maybe in the off season, maybe next season. Until tomorrow, though, guys, really appreciate you guys hitting the five-star button, subscribing, liking, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JoeOrico99. He is at Dalton Del Don. We will see you guys again tomorrow. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.